one cup at a time. This is tea time. Make a difference. One cup at a time. So be sure to grab your tea, grab a seat, and tune in to Miss Liz. Tea time. Making a difference. One cup at a time. everybody and it is evening tea time and tonight we're gonna dress up a little bit that's right so go grab your hats because we're gonna do some party hats tonight because we're gonna have an exciting adventurous tea time tonight with the new york best-selling author and charles that's right she's sitting in the background and she's gonna come and spill a good strong tea with all of us tonight and we're gonna talk her book series we're gonna talk all that good stuff we're going to talk about some crime and some Western writing and all of that good stuff. So share this tea time. Go to the YouTube channel. Click subscribe. Ring that bell so you're notified every time we go live. And we're going to spill some good old strong tea. So let's get started. We're going to do the disclaimer and then a little bit of a bio. And then we're going to get Anne in here. And we're going to see how Anne looks and what hat she's wearing at her end. So the disclaimer for Miss Liz's Tea Time Live Show. Miss Liz, myself, is going live using StreamYard. Before leaving a comment, please grant StreamYard permission to see your name at StreamYard.com. Please be advised that the content brought forward for any Tea Time show hosted by myself, Ms. Liz, is always brought forward in good faith. However, may bring forth dialogues and opinions that are not representative of my platform. The facts and information are perceived to be accurate at the giving time of airing. All Tea Time guests and audience participants are responsible for using their good judgment in taking any action that may relate to the discussion. The content brought forward may brought forward may include discussions for some where they may be emotionally at risk. It is significant to know that the show is engaging in discussion forums only to offer and inspire awareness and connection and is not providing therapeutical advice. If you have any questions about the disclaimer or the panelist discussion, you may freely contact me, Miss Liz, through my email at bookingmissliz at gmail.com. Moving forward, should you choose to voluntarily participate in the show in any aspect, I myself, Miss Liz, welcomes you. And should you decide that the show is not made for you at this time, I will respect your wishes and see you at a later show at a later date and time. And again, all tea times this year are done on a Thursday unless they are a rescheduled tea time, which will be done on a Monday or a Tuesday. So now let me give you a little bit on Ann Charles. So Ann Charles is a USA 
today best-selling author who writes spicy award-winning mysteries full of mayhem, adventure, comedy, and suspense. She writes the Deadwood series, Jack Rabbit, Junction Mystery series, Dig Site Mystery series, Deadwood Undertaker series with her husband, Sam Lucky, and AC Silly Circus Mystery series. Her Deadwood Mystery series has won multiple national awards, including the Daphne du Maurier for excellence in the mystery suspense and has a BA in English with an emphasis on creative writing from the University of Washington and is a member of the Sisters in Crime and Western Writers of America. She is currently toiling away on her next book, wishing she had she was on a Mexican beach with an ice cold corona in one hand and a book in the other. When she is not dabbing in fiction, she is arm wrestling with two her two kids, attempting to seduce her husband and arguing with her sassy cats. As you've all seen in the promo video, you've seen the sassy cats, you've seen a little bit of the crime and the mysteries in the Western. Now let me get Anne in here so we can spill some tea. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Anne. So you're seducing the husband, sassy cats, and two kids. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It keeps, us, it keeps me busy. <laughs> it keeps you busy. Well, that's good when they keep you busy, right? Right. Yes. So, Anne, let's get into who Anne was as a little girl and who Anne is now. Wow. As a little girl, lots of adventures. I grew up on a farm most of my life or part of my life in Northwest Ohio. And when I wasn't there, my parents split when I was really young. So when I wasn't there, I was out in Deadwood in the Black Hills area of South Dakota with my mom, um, exploring caves and spelunking and doing things I should not have probably been doing for safety reasons. But you know, as a kid, you just don't think about uh, what you're doing. You're just out having a grand adventure exploring, you know, old mines and um, all kinds of good stuff. So um, having a, you know, the best time I can, uh, at the same time, daydreaming a lot, always daydreaming about, um, you know, with the future, but just stories and, and, you know, things I was making up in my head, not that I planned on being a writer. I just like to daydream back then and read. Well, daydreaming is good because look where it took you. It took you on the adventure of all of these incredible series. And I'm so glad that you have Jack, the Jack Rabbit. Is it Jack? Yeah, Jack Rabbit Junction. Because we're going down the rabbit hole. We got our Alice in Wonderland hats on. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, I have so much fun down in the desert with the Morgan sisters in that series. It's just one wild time, um, one day after the next. And... Lots of, again, there's the adventure and, and the treasure hunting stuff, you know, all that that goes with that series. Keeps me, keeps me laughing as I write. Right. I think I'm going to ask you right from the get-go, we're going to start right at the get-go. What is your tea? Okay. And tea. Uh, so treasure, like we talked about, treasure hunting, treasure, you know, in the stories, there's often... Uh, an element of that in each of my, you know, the different books um, I write, uh, as well as the one I write, you know, my husband and I co-write, because I, I think that's a lot of fun. It's a, it's an exciting element that I always joy, enjoy in a story. So, you know, finding treasures and finding treasures in real life too. And, and by that, I don't mean, you know, crowns with rubies and emeralds and all that stuff. 
it can be a really cool rock you find on the beach. It can be some beautiful flower while you're out hiking, you know, on a trail. Whatever your treasure is, it's, I think, you know, to keep in harmony, find your happy place, pick your treasures and, and go look for them. And um, I, I tend to do that, to, try to do that a little bit every day to, you know, especially if I watch too much news or something like that. Let's go find something happy. I gotta happy. go pick a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go find something happy in nature and smile about it. Right. Right. Well, I got that from um, from watching you and learning about you, Anne, is that you're really playful. Like you really like you have like a dark sense of humor, like your comedy and all of that. Like the, <laughs> even the titles of your series, you know, Deadwood, like people just think of like dark, but it's not. It's adventurous. It's mysterious. It keeps you on your toes. Right. So how did you right. get all the, all the names? Because you have the Deadwood series and then you have the Deadwood um, Undertaker series. Yeah, so way back, um, you know, one of the things with the Deadwood Mystery Series, it is, you know, if you look at the cover of the first one, I, I have it. I, I put them right there in case I need. So it's, it's kind of dark, you know, it seems like, ooh, scary, which it has some, you know, dark elements. But what we did do, you know, or what with every title, I've played with the title. So it's not dearly departed in Deadwood. It's nearly departed in Deadwood. The sec second book in that series is um, Optical Delusions, where we cross off, you know, it says optical illusions, but we cross it off to make it delusions. So we're trying to show through the titles that there's some comedy in, you know, these stories. And I just find that uh, I have to take life with some humor. It's just, you know, I can't, if, I, if it's too serious, too long, kind of depressing and so if I can add an element of humor even dark humor often will pull me through real life and you know keep me going and I want to share that in the story when things seem down for the heroine there's always bits of humor in there to kind of lift things back up and keep her going Okay, now I want to get back to the E and the A for your team because I kind of threw you off and took you in another direction. It's almost like, well, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, we're going this way. Right, Rabbit's going this way. Nope, we're going this way. We're late, I know. We're you're, you're, gonna, you're keeping me on my toes tonight. Uh, e for entertainment. I often tell people, readers, you know, new readers coming in wondering, you know, what are these books about? Uh, I'm not... I'm, I'm out there to do some education because every every story has history I research, you know, and I try to incorporate some bits of nonfiction into the fiction. But mostly what I wanted to do from the start was just entertain readers. I love to pick up a book and escape, whether it's a historical romance, a Western, a scary book, adventure, whatever. I just want to escape what you know might be going on in life and sometimes it's not necessarily a bad thing in life it's yeah. just i'm going to go over here and have fun and escape so since i was a kid i've been doing that escaping into fiction i used to get in trouble for staying in my room too long reading so um i i got caught in school reading a book during english class you know it was just constant anytime i could escape i would because it was so fun so i wanted to provide some entertainment i wanted to give you know, when you're feeling down, when when things life's really kicking you around, pick up you know one of these books and and enjoy some fun entertainment, and watch these heroes and heroines deal with some really crazy stuff flying at them, and laugh along with them. And what's your A 
the A. Oh boy, adventure. That's what, <laughs> adventure and action. Cause all the stories are full of adventure and action. I love to watch adventure, action adventure shows. So I like to incorporate that into the, the books as well. And it took me, you know, one of the hardest things to learn when I was writing um, and, and trying to improve my craft was how to write action scenes. They're some of the toughest scenes because you have to, you have to move things quickly, but at the same time, you have to make sure you don't lose the reader. Like you jump too fast and all of a sudden the heroine's on the other side of the room and how did she get there? Cause that slows the story. Cause you're busy going, wait a second, what is going on? I can't see this in my mind. So balancing the action with description, uh, fun words, and, and then throwing dialogue in and all that goes with it too was a, a wonderful, you know, challenge. And I still work at that. It's, it's something I always, you know, read it out loud when I'm writing to see how the flow is on that. So, and then, and adventure is just fun. Cause I think, you know, since I was a kid, Indiana Jones, all the adventure movies I, I grew up watching or books reading, you know, um, Treasure Island, again, is one of my favorites. So adventure and action. See, that's what I was thinking. Treasure Island, you have that scavenger hunt, treasure kind of, you know, like let's go get the treasure, the stones, you know, the yeah. rocks and all of that. Because treasures are not just crowns and rubies and diamonds, right? They're like little right. gems that are all over the world. Like, you know, like a special bottle that has melted a certain way or. Right. Right. You know, so do you like driftwood? Driftwood? Uh, I don't mind it. I just, I do love rocks. I am, I am a, you know, geology bit of a nerd and physical geography as well. I'm really into anything with landforms and how things were formed and how long has that mountain been here, you know, when was it formed? What was the, you know, circumstances around it? Uh, I, I used to think, boy, I probably should have gone to school to either, you know, geologist or, or use something in that because I am, I'll watch documentaries on plate tectonics, give you know, drop of a dime over many things. But on the other hand, it's a lot of fun to tell stories. So I get to just be a, you know, amateur you know, well, that's what I got. And that's what I got from you. And when I was searching for you, I was like, when I was doing my homework on you, I was like, she's really playful. She's very adventurous. And even your book covers are gorgeous. Oh, who, cre thank who, you. who created the covers? So my, my brother is the artist that creates mm -hmm. on paper using um, often colored pencils, I think is his medium. Uh, he'll make the covers. Well, the components for the covers or on some covers he makes the whole thing it depends on what we're doing and then he gives the um actual piece of paper you know with art on it or or what to me and i've had a few different graphic artists over the year but for the last probably seven years it's been my husband so then he'll take it and we scan it in and then he works his magic you know making it turning it from um something that's you know not quite it doesn't pop enough you know, yes. for an ebook. So we have to do different things and fonts, you know, I mean, there's so much into graphic. I don't want to downplay it by making it sound simple, but, and I, I only come in and look every now and then go, Ooh, I love that. Ooh, I like that. So between him and my brother, they really work together to come up with these wonderful covers. 
The covers are gorgeous. If anybody is checking out Anne Charles books, the covers are gorgeous. Uh, they really speak. The color, the color patterns kind of have a nice, beautiful flow. And you're mm -hmm. you're mentioning rocks, and that's what I'm seeing as I'm looking at the books in the background here. Is they're almost like the colors of the rocks, like the grind, the grind it, the grind it in in the rock. You know what I mean? Right, like the, right. The black and the grays and the marbling of all, like it kind of looks like rocks. And I never noticed that until now when you said that you were into rocks. And then I'm just like, hmm, let me dig a little deeper here. You know, so we just never know what brings to the table. You know, like when we're writing a book, when we're creating a cover and all of that, our insides are actually telling us how to create it. Like, you know, like right, you said, your brother right. and your your husband have worked on the covers and you're just like, oh, I like it. So I kind of think like you see like a kind of a special kind of rock and you're like, oh, yeah, go with that. Like, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's that color combination is really. Yeah. Yeah. That's really drawing my eye. So, yes, very much so. So when did you start writing it? I have to think about that for a second. Uh, it was in the mid 90s. I wrote a book. It was a romance, a short romance by with you know, a piece of paper and a pen. So I have a notebook that I wrote that that particular book. And I wrote to the end, I finished it and it was pretty sad, but it was done. And no, it will never be published because again, it's not sad. I don't mean the story sad, I mean the writing. <laughs> but hey, I finished and that kind of gave me a real, you know, hey, I can maybe do this. I didn't know I could write a book. And I cleaned up the first few chapters and I sent it off to a publisher and it was rejected, but they were really kind. And so I kept trying and I thought, well, maybe, maybe this is something I can do because I couldn't decide on a, on a career. And this was, you know, mid twenties by now. And I'm bouncing from different, you know, one career to the next in college, not sure where I'm going. So it was kind of like, well, maybe this is something someday I can do when I'm done with you know, whatever I'm going to do first, I didn't realize it was going to become the career. So it was uh, a surprise, a good surprise. So where do you see your books in 20 years from now? You know, that's a, a really good question. I, I'm on working on book 13 of the Deadwood Mystery Series. So oh. I'm still going and each of these are ongoing series. Uh, I've just last year I wrote book six of the Jackrabbit Junction mystery series. My husband is working on book five. You know, we, we have different parts we play in the creation of the Deadwood Undertaker series and he's working away. I'm working on 13 and then I, I would like to write book three of the dig site series. That one's been more spaced out just because they're all in the same world. So I have to, you know, time wise, I kind of have to have them, flow in a certain order and the dig site series is the farthest out in the future compared to the others so i have to kind of get other the others caught up to that timeline but anyways um i keep going there's like you said there's the ac silly circus series which is novellas that are just shape-shifting romance paranormal crazy when i write them i feel like it's a cartoon in my head coming out and that is just kind of bizarre. I hadn't written, you know, something like that before, but it was a lot of fun. So, and that's a circus train that goes from town to town. And and I love the idea of the little short mysteries going from town to town on a circus train with these shapeshifters, but I need to find time for that. <laughs> so. I love it. The circus, the circus and the ride, the train ride. It's almost like an Alice in Wonderland, like a 3D kind of flow 
Anne Charles's it, new edition of Alice in Wonderland kind of train ride. Yeah, it's very, it's very colorful in my head. Like I said, it's, I think it's in cartoon form in my head, which every now and then I go, this is kind of a weird cartoon um, because it is paranormal romance. So, but I, I really have fun writing that one too. So I, I want to keep writing, but one thing that mm, I talked with my husband once um, a while ago and he said, you know, have you ever thought that maybe the Deadwood Mystery Series is not your big series, that there's something yet to come? Ooh. And I hadn't really, because, you know, when you're writing, you're so into each world and you're just chugging away. And he kind of made me pause and look up into the distance and, and start thinking about, well, yeah, there might be some other, you know, ideas that have been rattling in my head that I would love to pursue. It just seems like I've not had time at this point. So... I don't know. It might be writing something different from all these others, or it might be a whole new series that just plugs in with all this, you know, the worlds. I don't know. I'm kind of excited to see what keeps coming out. So what kind of worlds are in the books? So the Deadwood mystery series is supernatural, mystery, humor, some romance, uh, a big jumble of that, a lot of action, adventure. The Undertaker series is historical fiction. Uh, again, there's Supernatural mixed in. So Old West was Supernatural, which is really fun to do. And uh, there's humor in that. All the books have humor. So let me just say that. Uh, the Jackrabbit Junction mystery series, that's mystery in, in the form of treasures, treasure island kind of things, you know, um, suspense, uh, a lot of adventure action going and there's some mines in there that they're going and searching down in southeastern Arizona and and trying to find you know the answers before the bad some bad guys come and get them so that's a lot of fun and then the dig site series is my I wanted to be an archaeologist for years and I didn't do it because ironically back when I was a kid I thought that's a lot of writing I don't know if I want to write that much in life so now I'm writing and I'm really I'm living out that fantasy in the dig site series, which takes place down in in Mexico in the Yucatan. And it's dig sites that I make up. I don't use I use real ones uh, maybe in reference like Chichen Itza or Ikoba, but I don't actually set them there because I wanted to create my own worlds down there, my own history for the Maya. So um, I was having a lot of fun. I have a lot of fun doing that. So we have a question here. What target audience uh, are your books ranged for? Well, I often tell people, you know, it's it's PG-17, PG-13, PG-17, depend on which series. There's language, there's some romance. Um, but as for the target audience, you know, anywhere from, I say, late teens on up. And if you like, if you like some supernatural in your stories, um, we have that. If you like, like I've said, humor, um, hopefully our sense of humors match because if they do, then I, I love that. I love meeting people that share, you know, the same sense of humor as I do. Um, a lot of adventure and, and finding, you know, exciting things, um, down in mines or creepy places. So, you know, I, I, I'm not out to, to show you how to clean up your house and stack your books or anything like that. I'm going to show you some crazy stuff that's happening to people, wild adventures, and hopefully you're laughing as you're cringing, you know, and, and reading. I like that. A great time. It's like that creepy giggle, right? It's like, yeah, oh, it's like, coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. So where did you get the humor from? 
I don't know. You know, like I said, I think I, I've thought about that because I've been asked that, you know, and, and my siblings, I've had one of my sisters who was always the funny one growing up go, you never really were funny. I think, <laughs> well, maybe I was, I just was in my head funny a lot, but you know, I've, I've really learned over the years, like I said too, my parents divorced early. So there was some stuff that, you know, back and forth and it wasn't, it wasn't always pretty. And I really learned early on to take that with humor to um, when things were tough or scary or whatever, try to find something funny about it and laugh and, and it would make me feel better. And, you know, I just kind of took that through life as, as, you know, every time I got knocked down, it was like, okay, that, that really sucked, but Hey, let's go, let's get up and find something funny about it. And, brush off and keep on going. And so I don't know. I just, and I also think, you know how I said the silly circus series is in color in my, you know, like a cartoon in my head. Yeah. I think a lot of things are a cartoon in my head. <laughs> and so it's just. Everybody's big... jumping into Ann Charles' head. We got a cartoon going on out there. I think so. I mean, I watched, I watched a lot of Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry growing oh, up. I'm so lovely. yeah, I, I often, you know, picture, some of the stuff from both of those going on so yeah that's probably it right there it's a cartoon life is a cartoon in inside Anne's head so it, it comes out now and then on the page so it's almost like the looney tunes right the little baby <laughs> looney tunes exactly <laughs> that was good yes. series like they should be making cartoons like that again like I oh man there's, like, there's so much good stuff in it and, and when you watch it again you're like oh i didn't even catch that reference i was so busy watching this as a kid i didn't realize that you were referencing this over here right Right. Now, as an adult, we look at it differently, right? We're like, oh, we missed that. Oh, we missed that too. Oh, yes. let me watch this again. Let me rewind yes. it. You know, exactly. I find myself watching cartoons more than the adult movies now. Like, I want to <laughs> go back and watch like Alice in Wonderland, the cartoon one. Right. Or, you right. know, or the black and white one that turns into color. Yes. You know, where yeah. it just, that's where I kind of see you like, going like, with the dark, heavy names of dead wood and dead undertaker and then you're falling with the train into the color world and cartoons <laughs> and who knows maybe you have a cartoon come out with your series maybe you know there's always those rights in the copyrights you know all that you can do so who knows right, you right just never yeah. know <laughs> yes we'll jump in Anne's head there and we'll make a cartoon <laughs> you might want to be careful getting in there's some crazy you know rabbit holes in here too there's a lot of rabbit holes so we might yeah. fall to the left we might fall to the right you just never know where you're going never know <laughs> better buckle up put your seatbelt on when you're on the train <laughs> <laughs> well that's why ac silly circus series when it came to naming that circus series you know ac and charles it's my silly circus series because i just felt like this is this is crazy silly paranormal romance what what is this this is so different and uh, the covers, I, I left the books up on the shelf, but the covers to the books are really bright and, you know, circus colorful. So it's quite different from the other stuff. So when you wrote the circus series, were you like in a in a happy mood? Were you <laughs> going through something that was really fun? Well, I was asked by a really a, a good author friend to, this was back when Kindle Worlds, I think it was, was going and they could invite you to write in their world. And so she, she asked me if I'd write a novella in her shapeshifter world. So I did, but I wrote it, I don't know, something told me that I needed to 
barely touch on her world. And so that's why it's, you know, circus train idea. And so it wasn't really something that was set solid in her universe. It was just passing through. And then Kindle Worlds went away and um, we had the right to take back our stories or keep them in the world and, and keep going. And since I barely, like I said, it was a passing through, it was easy for me to just kind of remove the reference to that. And then I had this this the story that was just not you know like the others and I thought well I better write a second one so you know the first one um the second one was a bunch of monkey malarkey which was just once the title came to me I was like well that's fun it's a bunch of monkey malarkey you know and oh, it's, I got like the, that. <laughs> it's got these two uh brothers that are shapeshifters that are monkeys you know so they shapeshift into human and then monkeys so yeah, these are the the circus crew are those who didn't fit in with the normal shape shifting people. So they're they're kind of oddities in the shape shifting world. <laughs> so that's why they're in the circus. So um, I think the first one is fairly freaky. Why can't I not remember the name of the book? Sorry about that. Um, a fer feral freak show or a fairly funny freak show? I think it was because it was. The introduction to these these shapeshifters who, for whatever reason, you know, maybe their parents mated and they were oddity, you know, oddball parents. So here they come together and we've got they look human, but then when they shapeshift, it's not your normal, you know, big tough werewolf guy hero or bit, you know, uh, a bear that in the, his circus act he eats, you know, flames, which is really dangerous for a bear because he can catch fire. So, I mean, there's stuff like that. There's this rabbit, this this guy that shapeshifts into a rabbit that speaks many different dialects. And he sits in a chair in front of everyone and reads crazy, you know, stories to the audience in his different dialects. And he's a rabbit sitting there. So, see, that's why it's a cartoon in my head. It's, right. It, it's, but it's way playful. off. It's really playful. <laughs> it's, And now I understand what you say to teens and that. But you talk about a lot of supernatural. So do you believe in the supernatural? I think so. I I say that because I, you know I'm a Virgo, so some of that I'm pretty grounded in some ways, and I think I haven't really. I think I've I think I've experienced many things, and and I I believe it that it happened, but then a, the skeptic in me goes, "Are you sure? Are you sure about that?" <laughs> well, I so, think that's what supernatural is, right? It, we always question: Did it really yes. happen? Did I really see yeah. that? Was that really what I smelled? Because supernatural stuff, you have like scents and stuff like that as well, right? Like you have like. Yes, uh, there's all kinds know. of stuff. And I've been in um, many, many haunted houses for research. I, I have, you know, gone through paranormal investigator classes and we would regularly go do paranormal investigations in different haunted locations uh, in Deadwood, South Dakota, which is full of ghosts. I, I have been in so many different locations um, that are haunted. So, and I've had stuff happen. So then I think, I think so, but I, I don't think I'm a medium. I don't think I'm, you know, wide open as a channel. I think uh, I imagine the ghosts are hitting me overhead with a sledgehammer, just going, come on already. <laughs> We're here. Like, hello, just say I'm here. Like, <laughs> yes. how can you not see us or hear us? We're right here. You, you just gave me the vision of Casper and the uncles. Were... <laughs> 
the uncles are always playing around, you know, right, kind of right. like the three stooges, those uncles of Casper. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I can see that as you're walking through the house. It's like, hello, boom, I'm here. <laughs> I know people would, we get done and we'd have discussions and, and some of these, these um, other students would go, I felt a tickling on the back of my neck and a, a breeze do this. And I think, well, I felt that too, but I thought it was just, you know, I had twitchy. I was, so was that supposed to be something? Cause I felt something I thought, but then I'm like, I don't know. It could have just had an itch. I, you know, I'm a twitcher, so I might twitch and think, well, that's that. And I just had an itch back there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you do do a lot of research for your books. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh, the best kind is when I can go on some kind of adventure like that. Uh, I have a lot, um, uh, two of the series, the Jackrabbit Junction mystery series, like I said, takes place in Southeastern Arizona around mining. I've, I spent so much time growing up exploring the Black Hills, exploring the old mining buildings and going into mines when I probably shouldn't have, if my mother had known what I was doing, oh, aye, aye, aye. but I was in there with a candle and I thought that's pretty safe. You know, <laughs> so going way back in and it could have, I don't know, there's all kinds of things that could have gone wrong, but it was some of the best adventures I had, scary, exciting, you know, all creepy, all that together. You'd find old shovels, you know, gloves, all kinds of neat things back there left from who knows when, you know, so I, I do as much research the, on the page, you know, with books and online as I can to try to make, like I said, I try to blend in some nonfiction with history of, of areas and, 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 you know, maybe a treasure we're finding in, in the Jackrabbit series has a true history. It is a true item and it's been lost. And so I'll do a lot of research on that to incorporate it. In the Dig Sight series, I was um, gung-ho and I made my heroine able to read Maya glyphs. So I had to get books on it so I could read them a little bit, <laughs> you know, so it took a lot of research. Um, and it takes a lot of time when I write those books because I really like to try to create a world that's believable, um, but is totally fiction, of course. Well, and that's why you won all these incredible awards because you've worked won a lot of incredible awards. I have a list here of some of the awards that you won. You won Barnes and Noble's Top 100 Bookselling Romance Writer of America's Golden Heart Award. Uh, Suspense Magazine, USA Today, Amazon 100 Bestseller, Top Shelf, Literature, Titan. Like you've won some really cool awards. Yeah, it's been an awesome run. Let's keep going. Right? <laughs> what What else you got for me? <laughs> I know. Let's keep Let's keep seeing what else is out there. So, how many books do you have in total? At this time, thirty five, and five of those are co written with my husband. So thirty, just Anne Charles, and thirty five total with the co written ones. And I'm working on thirty six. Wow. So in since the nineteen nineties. You've been writing big time. Yes, but I didn't publish until January 2011. Oh, There were lots of years of failures in there. Lots of rejections, lots of struggles, lots of trying to figure out who is this writing and what stories are we writing? Um, the first book I published, Nearly Departed in Deadwood, I believe was the eighth book I had written. Uh, and then I turned around and I wrote 
I published the ninth, the second book in the Deadwood series. And then I turned around and, and published the, I think it's the fifth book I'd written. Um, the Dance of the Winnebago's it had gotten a lot of work and I had written the second book in that series. So um, all before I wrote the Deadwood series that I published first. So I, you know, I moved it around and then the, the dig site series is renamed from the third book I ever wrote, which I totally rewrote because it was bad. It was so bad. My critique group said, you can never have a hero with that name ever again, because we hate your heroes so bad. So when they hate your hero, you're like, Oh, I think I did something wrong there. He wasn't supposed to be hated. <laughs> the heroes so, are not supposed to be hated. Yeah. So I had to do a lot of, I, I rewrote that book and then I rewrote it again. And then I rewrote it one more time. And I finally nailed what I wanted to get a, you know, and that's look what the wind blew in. So I, I've, dallied in some of the old stuff. I have a couple that I, I have not rewritten that I've thought about doing because they were a lot of fun, but I just don't have time. I've got other books I'm working on always. So how long does it take you to write a book? Man, I wish I wrote it in like a month or two, but honestly, it takes me three to four months. And then I, I spend a solid month in editing, meaning not me. I, it goes to an editor and she, a professional editor, and she gets back with me. And then we incorporate it and we run it through beta readers uh, who go through, you know, an almost finished product and help us to find any last little things. Cause we try to put the cleanest books we can out there on the market. And by clean, I mean, spelling errors, um, accidental grammatical errors, you know, in dialogue, a lot of times grammar is not correct. And so, you know, they don't all speak perfect English. I sure don't. So I don't expect my characters to pull that off. But, you know, we've tried to make this product, you know, shiny and, and pretty as possible and put it out there so that when you get it, it's worth, you know, every penny and you can enjoy it and, and go away for a while. So we have a question here. What is a beta writer? Beta reader. Reader. So a beta reader is, it's a crew I have of up to 40 to 50 people. And I choose different ones in different numbers, each with different books. But what they do is after it's been through editing, uh, a professional editor, and then I go through it again and do my edits. And I think I have it just about ready to go live to people. I need eyes to go through it that have never seen it, that will catch the errors that my eyes are skipping over and the editor's eyes have, she's read it so much, she's skipping over. And others, you know, I have a first draft crew too that they missed. So all these, you know, it, you'd be amazed what gets through. So then this beta crew of anyone, anywhere from 20 to 40, 45 people that I choose, uh, they'll read it and they will get back to me and they read it quick. They have about a week to get through it and they'll send back anything they find. They also know the, they usually know my series very well or have reread the series recently so that they can look for consistency errors. Hey, back in book two, you said this was this and now it's here like this. Did you mean that? So they're helping me um, keep the story, make sure I don't screw up anything like that. Uh, and that seems like it would be simple, but when you've written... 12 books in a series. Um, plus I have Deadwood shorts, which are short stories that go with the series. And, and these books, they're standalone, but they're better read if you start at the beginning and go through on a, on a time, you know, and read over the time. It's, it's a lot of fun to build up and how the characters change. But anyway, I wish I could tell you I had a photographic memory and remembered every single detail of what I've 
read, you know, and I even reread the series before I start writing, but I miss stuff. I forget stuff and from long ago. And so that's what beta, beta readers do. They help find those last little things to make the book as best as it can be. Yeah, because I did find the shorts and I was going to ask you, what are the shorts? Are they like smaller versions of the story? So what it is, is, you know, when you write, when you write series or, well, for those of us that have written series, there's often little side stories you'd like to tell about the characters, but you okay. don't want to incorporate it into the big books because it doesn't really have a place and it'll slow down the plot. So these are stories that are part of the, you know, it's all the characters and the people in the, in the books and they fit in the lineup. Like um, one of them is book, I say 6.5. You read it between books six and seven. There's another one that's 8.5. So when you finish eight, go grab that book and read it because it fits in the timeline even. Okay. But they're just short stories off to the side and they usually give a little bit of good information that goes in with the big series, but I don't want to slow down that series with these 30,000 words that don't really need to be in the book. So that's the Deadwood shorts, um, just extras. And, and I really don't like to put out stories that really don't have a point, even short stories or novellas. So these all have, when I plot them out, you know, they're plotted just like the big books. They're just on short form. Well, and, and, and that's the first time I've heard of shorts. So that's why I was curious because I've never heard of that before, of the shorts. And then I was thinking, well, okay, well, maybe that's like the end of a movie, you know, where they show like all of the directors <laughs> and producers and characters. And right. No, like, for example, book uh, 8.5 is Tequila and Time. And Ooh, so it's my birthday thing. <laughs> it's a birthday party. Uh, it's the birthday of one of the, the heroine's best friend. So the heroine and her best friend are at the one of the bars that's in the books. And it's they're they're doing shots of tequila and they're talking about things that have been happening, that stuff from the past, and they're going through tequila in time. And there's a whole point in the story that, you know, in addition to just having fun and they're drinking and laughing, they're you're they're uncovering stuff about themselves that maybe they didn't realize, even after being lifelong friends. So, you know, it's it's a fun, it's it's light, it's a lot of laughter. Uh, I did the I tested the tequila as I went through the book to see if two shots will do this on an empty stomach. Yes. <laughs> so for a female of this height, you know, so yeah, it was fun to, to research that one too. But that is an example of, you know, a, a Deadwood short and the purpose they have. The, the latest one, uh, Fatal Traditions, comes right, it's the New Year's book right after Christmas. So it's 10.5. And in that one, the heroine really discovers all of those in her past, her, her family line that have done what she has to do in some of their stories. So it's kind of fun because it's a mix of present and past and what's happened in the past. And that made me want to write a bunch of different books set in like medieval times because, wow, that could be a lot of fun. Right? Who says that that time wasn't fun? Like, you know, I think they, that's where the tequila came from was back then. You know, take a <laughs> shot. <laughs> Let's take a shot. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so with all the writing that you've done you've done tequila shots to test you've done went to the <laughs> caves you you know haunted houses and treasure hunts and all of that i can see it all coming together so is there an adventure in the future for maybe a futuristic kind of books coming out series or 
I don't know. You know, life just keeps throwing stuff at all of us that, yeah, you could take it and, and, you know, try this and throw, you know, see what comes when you do this. I really love to write, to be honest. I, I really enjoy science fiction movies, but boy, that is, that is a tough genre for me. My brain does not think of the gadgets and the, what I would need for a future type of book like that. So I tend to stick to the present um, and, and get to do, uh, it's so much fun to write with my husband and get to go to the past and do the old West. Cause I also grew up reading Louis L'Amour, Zane Gray, uh, all kinds of, you know, wonderful Western stories. And so I love to, to get to go back and, and play in that world and throwing supernatural into it is a blast. You know, how these guys have to react. They don't have, you know, what we have this day to handle that. They're just, they've got, you know, some of them have handguns or knives or whatever, and they've got to deal with what they face off with. And that's, and you're also part of the Western writers of America. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, it's a, it's a wonderful writers group, uh, Western writers. And I have yet to go to one of their conventions just because they happen in the summer and I have two kids. And so in the summer, we're often traveling when they're out of school for book related, um, you know, book signings and whatnot. So uh, I know it's a group of writers and I get their magazine and I'm, I, they're all their, you know, updates and they're very concerned about presenting the West in a way that's um, when necessary, it's, it's accurate and true. And they take great pride in their work and trying to deliver great stories about the old West or, you know, even newer West or other areas. But it's, it's a, just a wonderful group of writers. Well, I think we, and there's so much stories of the West that we don't know, right? Right. So I think that's where the adventure comes in is, a, you know, like you could build, like there, there was salons and then there was uh, the barns and then you, there was so much that was going on. Right. When I watch yes. a Western movie, I'm like, boy, all the clothes that they had to wear, like that must've been <laughs> hot back then. You know, <laughs> I, I often think, especially at my age now, how in the world did they sleep on the ground with their saddle as a pillow? Oh, my back would just, my hips, my back. I couldn't walk in the morning. And then they'd get up and ride miles and miles again. These, these folks are tough. Man, I am like a princess, the princess and the pea compared to them, I swear. Right. And if anybody doesn't know what the princess and the pea is, it's a, I think it's a fairy tale, right? The princess and the pea, or is it based on a true story? I can only see the Disney book they put out with Mickey and Minnie. <laughs> and Minnie was sleeping on a, a whole big stack of mattresses. Oh, and I want to go in your head so bad. Like, you're so playful in there. <laughs> so that's, when I think of it, I, I think of Minnie trying to sleep on all those mattresses on that, that dang pee made her not be able to sleep. Right. Oh. I don't know if there's a true story out there. If anybody knows of the princess and the pea, if there's a true story about some woman. They probably, I'm sure they probably based it on another story. Uh, Disney is really good at doing that. Right. You're also part of the Sisters in Crime. Yes. So what's that about? Sisters in Crime is another writing group. Um, and, and they're mystery writers, they're crime fiction writers, all kinds of authors. Some have different, you know, mixes. They'll mix it up with supernatural. They'll mix it up with romance. They'll mix it up with, you know, um, 
nonfiction, whatever. It's just, there's a group and, and it's not just females. Uh, I believe they started maybe, I can't remember how it started out to be honest, but um, Sisters in Crime, it's it's just kind of a another division. It's not Mystery Writers of America, but this is a different group. And again, it's just a support group for writers that write um, anything related to crime and mystery. And they support each other. They offer workshops and conferences and all kinds of group benefits too that help. Because as writers, we're, we're entrepreneurs and, you know, our insurance and our all our, you know, we have to do with all that stuff. So groups like these are writers coming together to support each other and kind of go forth as a group. So do you have like game night, support night? Like, do you guys do like murder, murder, murder she wrote, I think it was, where she used <laughs> no. to figure out who murdered somebody? <laughs> no, but our kids have grown up with this. I mean, I was writing before they were born. So, and I've been published since they were very young. And so they have gotten used to talking, the, my husband and I brainstorming, talking about characters, talking about plots. And they'll say, is this a real person or is this not? <laughs> because some of the things you know that are happening or it could be gruesome or scary and they're, is this a real person or not? And most time it's not. So they're more surprised when it's a real person, but they really, and, and they grew up with authors for parents. So they know that anytime we have discussions, a lot of times it's book related or it's book business related. So they're right there. And it's really cool that now that they're in their later teens, they finally get how much work this has been and, and all that their father and I have done to create this for our family, you know, as, as a business for us. So um, they help out here and there and join us when they can at book signings. And, you know, now that their their backs are younger than ours, we're like, carry that box of books, will you? <laughs> yeah, because a case of books is not light. Woo! Yeah, it gets heavy. So um, they're wonderful. They're very supportive, and and they're right there with us, and they like to go with us on any you know things we do related to books. So, any future writers in the family? My son has actually written two books. He's rewriting the first one because he realized he had, he thinks he has too many characters, too many points of view. So he wants to rewrite that first one again and change it up. So yeah, he's got, you know, he's, he knows because we've told him, listen, you can't just go right into writing uh, a fiction. Um, that would be grand and wonderful, but really you kind of need to have a career to fall back on because this is not an easy thing to get into. It's going to take time and work. And in the meantime, you need to make money because you can't just live off your parents till you're 45. So he's been. We talked about this this morning in the first tea time about finances. <laughs> exactly. So he's going to college. He starts college this fall. He just finished high school and he's got things in mind. But in the background of his, it, it's always, I'm going to write books. And his is more, he likes fantasy, um, steampunk, that kind of a thing. So he's not as much into what we write, but he has read some of it. Now, my daughter, she is, she has read everything or listened to everything we've, we've written and done. So she's, because I think she got tired of not knowing if they were real characters or not, are real people or not. So now she feels like she's got the inside track. I know who you're talking about. What about this for so-and-so? What about that? I know exactly what's going on. And she's got a great imagination. And she also, um, she watches movies and shows and she'll come to us and say, I think they dropped the plot here and they need to do this. And she has all this author speak, which is 
really cool because it shows she has been listening and paying attention to what we talk about, you know, when we break down books and stuff like that. Well, that's cool. You know, like, especially when the children want to find out, right? So they're like, I'm going to find out for myself. I'm going to read this book. Yes. You know, yes. So in any of the books that you've written, and is there a plot where you wish you could have changed it after it was published? Hmm. You know, they, you go back to your earlier books and you reread them and you think, I I could have done that better. I could have cleaned that up more. I could have changed, I could change this. But I, I read, someone wrote, I don't know who it was, but it was an author and they said, don't go back and touch the early stuff because you're just going to muck it up. What was there a lot of times in those early books was so much excitement and so much, you know, it was that new story and, and the storyteller was giving this, this wonderful tale that was fresh and, you know, sure it may be a little dented and could use some fixing, but if you do that, you're going to ruin what it, what it was when it first came out. So I, I look at the first books in all my series and go, oof, could have done that better. But, you know, different parts. And other parts I laugh and go, oh, I still love that. So I tend to think of what's done is done. Now let's move on. Well, I think it's a learning process too, right? When you're writing, you you see the difference. Oh, my goodness. Five years ago, I wrote this way. Now, five years later, I'm writing this. I'm getting deeper into the plots. I'm getting deeper into the descriptions and the action. You know, it's, yeah, perfect, it's perfect growing. You probably, I hope, you know, you hope to keep growing and, and I never, I don't think, oh, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm going to be, this is it. I, I always think I can do this better and I can learn how to do this better. And now what I find myself doing is giving myself challenges with every book. Like, okay, for the theme for this book, I'm going to have this and I'm going to try to incorporate this theme into every chapter and see if I can do it. Uh, there's a book, Meanwhile, Back in Deadwood. It's book six of that series. Um, I had been teaching at the kids or helping in the kids library in elementary school. And there was a book, Meanwhile, something I can't remember. But I thought, oh, I like that. Um, I like how they incorporate that into every chapter. So I'm going to try to start every chapter with Meanwhile back at such and such or meanwhile, you know, and, and play with it and have fun with it. And then the title is actually meanwhile. And it's, we cross off back at the ranch and it's back in Deadwood, you know, and just play with it all throughout. So I, I tend to give myself challenges now that I didn't used to when I first started out, it was just, you know, it's like a fire hose. Oh, try to hold still. But now I have control of that. And now I like to try to do certain things and aim at certain ways and grow you know, push myself and try to improve on things in each book too. So, Anne, I asked you to give me one word to describe yourself as an individual and you gave me the word determined. Why did you give me that word? Well, there's got to be some reason that I keep doing this. <laughs> so, that was, I thought, I guess I'm determined to succeed, but you know, in serious, all, all seriousness is, um, I am determined. It's a big thing that drives me. And, and if I didn't have that, I don't think I ever would have gone into this. I would have written, maybe I would have still written that first book and been like, okay, that's good. Let's move on to something else. But I did it and I liked the feel of it. I liked putting the story on the page and it, it made me determined to succeed in that career. Uh, it didn't happen overnight. That, that was in my, you know, mid nineties, in my early to mid twenties. 
I didn't publish till my late thirties. So that shows you, it took a lot of hard work and I like the challenge and I would get rejection after rejection early on, um, trying to please, you know, Oh, you can't do mixed genre back then. Pick a team. Are you going to write mysteries? Are you going to write romance? Are you going to write humor? What the heck are you writing here? But I was determined to tell the story the way I wanted to tell the story. And so I kept going. And and thankfully, you know, independent publishing, indies, that became a thing where we could make a book of this amazing product and put it out ourselves and tell the story we wanted to tell. That's not saying it wouldn't have been better with a publisher had I done what they wanted. It's just saying, I didn't have an editor saying, do this, do that, do this, and this will be a better book. And marketing saying, well, if you just do this, this, and this, it would be a better book. This is just, and like so many other authors like me, this is the story from us. We yeah. created it. You're getting the real deal here, which I think is exciting with indie authors. And again, I like many published authors too, so I'm not dissing them. I just like the the Wild West feel of some independent authors. Well, it kind of, it kind of sounds like you're a little rebel there from the West. Like, my friend guns, says, and guns are blazing there. I'm coming for you. My friend <laughs> says maverick. Think of yourself as a maverick. So I, I, I start to go, well, maybe I should be doing like uh, these guys over here. And then I think you're supposed to be doing your maverick thing. So just stop it and keep going the way you're supposed to go. So do you have a maverick in any of your books? I actually, I think I have a guy named Maverick in a book that I haven't, I wrote, it was like book two or three or four, I think it was book four that I wrote that I haven't rewritten yet, but I did like his name. And um, actually, did I put him in, maybe I put him in a character into one of the Big Sight series. <laughs> oh, I need to reread that series. But um, I have characters that are Mavericks, definitely. So what's your favorite hero out of all of the books? Oh, that's tough because I have so much fun with all of them in the dig site series. And Helica is the archaeologist. I wish I could have been. She's so smart and she knows things and she knows her history. I wish I could have that brain. Um, but then there's uh, Claire in the Jackrabbit Junction series, who's just she's the middle child trying to get by things. She's she's really good at uh, handy woman stuff, you know, um, carpentry all kinds of stuff. And I love that. I, I like to work with my husband um, when we remodel stuff and do some things and learn. So she's my want to be that. So she's a lot of fun and things just bounce off her. Of course, um, Violet in the Deadwood mystery series, she's a blast. We're only ever inside her head. So I feel very close to her when I'm writing her books because it's all first person. So I love hanging out with her and she's a mom of, of two kids too. So we both struggle with our children and being a single, well, I'm not a single mom, but she's a single mom, but going through child rearing. Um, and then in the Deadwood Undertaker series that I write with my um, husband on the front of it, you'll see there's this um, set of legs and a claw. Wait, I gotta do that. That's Clementine. And she is a, she comes from a Viking line of um, killers. And she's really tall and it's my dream to be six foot plus and, you know, kick butt. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> you're not that's Maverick. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then a quick series is just silly fun and shape-shifting all kinds of crazy. So I can't pick one. And that's, I think why I have five ongoing series is because I can't choose one. I like to have, a, I like to go here and then go here and then go here and keep bouncing around. 
Well, I'm kind of glad that you didn't pick one because you have so many different series, right? And they all right. bring something different to the table. Exactly. That's, Just that's tonight, the goal. Like, we brought so much to the table. We brought mystery, we brought suspense, we brought murder, we brought uh, humor, you know, and we brought hats, we brought giggles, you know, so we brought a lot to the table tonight. So if anybody would like to reach out and get any of your books, where can they go? My website is the easiest place, anncharles.com. I have links to, we have the books in ebooks, we have print books, we have audio books for everything. So pick what you like. And if you really, you read one as an ebook or a print, I can tell you um, we have these great narrators and they're the same, you know, they stick the same for each series. So one for the Deadwood series, one for the Deadwood Undertaker series. So it really flows. And they are amazing. So it's it's so different sometimes to listen to a story after reading it and, and hearing the different emphasis and the different voices. It's a lot of fun. So go to my website. You can find links for all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you got a lot of cool stuff. So go check out the website because I did see the tumblers. Uh, oh, yes. Those we have a are store. gorgeous. <laughs> we have a store too, the internal store. You can see the books behind me. There's stacks of books behind them. And we autograph, we do personalize, whatever you want. You can order those to the store. And then, yes, we have all sorts of other fun products because my brother does illustrations in each of the books. There's usually six or seven foot illustrations plus the covers. So we can make all kinds of great stuff with all the different art we have. Yeah, the tumblers are really gorgeous. Check those out because I was checking those out and I was like, oh, I got to get. But there's so many nice ones. I'm just like, which <laughs> one do I pick? Right, right. Yes, my my sister-in-law helps me with that. She's so good at that. She's She's constantly coming up with new products to throw out in the store, which is awesome. Well, that's really amazing. And I had an amazing time tonight sitting with you and sharing your tea, you know, of treasure, entertainment, action, and adventure. We, right. we just went down the rabbit hole and we just had a good old time tonight. So I want to thank you, Anne, for joining me for Tea Time. And thank you for sharing on your series because it was really an honor to get to know a little bit. And I'd love to play in your head once in a while. Like I know. I think this is going to replay as a cartoon <laughs> in my head because I love your hat. So we'll just make you into a fun cartoon. We'll have a great well, time. Well, there we go. Right? Who knows? Maybe Miss Liz will be in a future storybook <laughs> exactly <laughs> well thank you so much Anne, and thank you to all the listeners and supporters of tea time make sure to check out the all the tea times on the youtube channel give it a subscribe ring that bell you can also see these tea times on multiple podcast stations and on the radio you can hear it on the radio as well in the uk so there, where I'm all over, Miss Liz is serving tea all over. So if you want to have tea time and I'm not on your platform, make sure to reach out and I will get all of my guests onto your platform. So again, and thank you so much for joining me. And thank you for closing up June. We already did six months of tea time. We've done 78 shows in six months. Oh. So Miss Liz is taking a break in July. So in July, you're only going to get nine shows instead of 12 or 15 shows. You're getting nine. <laughs> I'm going away. I'm taking a break. So I want to thank Yay. everybody for supporting me. And on this journey, season four has been a blast. Continue to support all of these incredible guests. Check them out. Share their tea times. Reach out to them. Connect with them. And you just never know what you might serve at your table next. <laughs> and all of my guests, if you'd like to have them as a guest, reach out and I will connect you with their publicists. And that a special thank you to Mickey Mickelson from Creative Edge for giving me and Charles tonight. And I just really want to thank everybody 
who has supported Miss List for the last six months. Let's do the next six months and let's really bring a strong cup of tea to the table. Until then, I will see everybody in July when we start the next month.